Shalom Aleichem, on behalf of Tate 613, we welcome you to take 10 Fit Talmud. Kiddushin Ayin, Kiddushin 70a, pagination is 139. We'll start on the previous daf, though, at the beginning of the Perek, Samech Tes Amud Aleph, 69a. Asara Yuchsin Alu Mi There are 10 categories of lineage that came up with Ezra from Babylonia to the land of Israel to build the second Jewish commonwealth, the second Beis HaMikdash. And these ten categories, which are going to help us in starting to understand the different groupings and who can marry who, are Kohani Levi Yisraeli, Kohanim Leviim and Yisraelim, who are all considered regular legitimate Jews. Then there's Chalali, people who were Kohanim, descended from Kohanim, who married improperly, like a divorced woman, and then produced a child. That child is a Chalol. Geiri converts, who, as we discussed, have a certain amount of liberty. They could marry Yisraelim, or they could marry some of these other categories. Vacharuri, or somebody who was an Evid and then was freed. Mamzeri, is the person with stigmatized lineage because the parents were very forbidden to each other and he cannot marry a regular Jew. Nesini is a certain tribe of people that made a deal with Yahushua and David legislated due to different situations that they cannot marry into the Jewish people. And Shesuki Va'asufi, people of unidentified lineage, that there's a question, who's the father, who's the mother? So we have different categories, and the Mishnah explains, Kohani Levi Yisraeli, Kohanim Levi and Yisraelim, for example, Amutarim Lavo Zebazeh, are allowed to marry each other, each category. On Daf Ayin, we have an amazing story which focuses on a certain type of situation called Eved. The person had the status of a slave and apparently, even though it was many years later, that concern remained in existence and would have restriction regarding marriage in the Jewish people. About midway or slightly below at the end of a line. There was a person from the city of Naharda, which is a well-known city in Babylonia. And he was visiting the city of Pumpedisa and he found himself in the meat market online to purchase something. Omar Luhu, this visitor, said, Havuli Bisra, give me some meat. Amrulay and the proprietors answered him, Natar Wait until we take care of the worker, the assistant of Rav Yehuda by Yecheskel, who was the Rosh Hashiva. And after we take care of his assistant, we'll be able to take care of you. This man was offended. 
Omar, he said, Manu the Bar Who is this person, Yehuda Bar? And he makes fun of Rav Yehuda's father's name and doesn't appreciate the greatness of the Rosh Hashiva and why they're respecting him. Oslu, so they went. Amru Leila Rav Yehuda. They told Rav Yehuda what just happened, this terrible act of disrespect that occurred in the marketplace. Shamte. So he excommunicated this man. He put him into Cherim. Amru. They then told Rav Yehuda, Rogel Dukari in Shiavdi. It's common for this man to call people Evid, slave. That's his common put down that he issues to people. So, so Rav Yehuda issued a proclamation that this man himself is an Evid. How he jumped to that conclusion, we'll see on Ahmed Beis. Ozalahu, so this man went, and he called him to a Dintora by Rav Nachman, who was the Rosh Hashiva in Nahardo'a, which is where this man was from. So again, he was from Narda, he was visiting Pumpadisa, he insulted the Rosh Hashiva in Pumpadisa, when he went back to Naharda, he had his rabbi issue a summons to the Rosh Hashiva in Pumpadisa. Apparently, it seems, that Rav Nachman was not aware that he was summoning the Rosh Hashiva. So, Aisipiska da Hazmana, the letter came demanding that he present himself in front of Rav Nachman, who was a significant player in the Jewish world. He was an enormous Tamad Chacham. But in addition, he was the son-in-law of the Reish Galusa, the exilarch, the leader, the temporal ruler of the Jews in Babylonia. So Rav Yehuda gets this letter, Ozo Rav Yehuda lekamei he went to Rav Huna, who was the Rosh Hashiva in neighboring Surah, to seek his counsel, how he should handle the summons. Omarlei, so Rav Yehuda said to Rav Huna, Ezel alo Ezel, should I go, should I not go? Omarlei, Mezel lo mi bo'ilach you really don't have to go, Misham digavarabaat, because you are greater than Rav Nachman, who's issuing the summons. Elamisham yikra devenesia kumzil. But because he represents the house of the Nasi, he's the son-in-law of the Reish Galusa, and he represents them, he's the ranking Tamad Chacham, so you should go. So the Gemara continues and explains how Rav Yehuda showed up by Rav Nachman and tried to engage him in Torah subjects to uh, make a point subtly that... I'm a significant Tamad Chacham, and I'm not sure why you issued this summons in the way that you did. Eventually, Rav Nachman asks, so why are you here? So Rav Yehuda says, because you summoned me. Rav Nachman at this point realizes, this is not so simple. And he told him, at the end of about the tenth line on Ahmed Beis, once he came already, let's do due process. 
on this case. So that it should not look that the rabbis take care of themselves. I summoned you. Let's let's do the case. So he asked him formally. My time Shamti Gavra, why did you put this man into Khairim? So Ravyuda answered, and he caused pain to a messenger of the rabbis. So why didn't you have him given lashes? If that's what happened, so we have a protocol, what we do in such a case. Why did you put him in Khairim? So Rav Yehuda answered, I did better. Okay. Why did you then proclaim that he's an Eved? Because it's common for him to call people Avadim. If a person says such things, he's really talking about himself. That's... You can infer that that's his problem. But Shmuel only taught that, that you have to be concerned. Did he say you could proclaim such a thing? Meanwhile, it looks like Rav Yehuda might have overstepped his bounds by announcing such a thing. Meanwhile, this person came in and said, can you imagine? He called me an Eved. I come from the family of the Chashmonoim, the kings. And he calls me an Eved. What chutzpah? Amalei, Yehuda said, I just was proved right. If a person says he's from the house of the Chashmonoim, he's really an Eved. Because... Hurdus, Herod, killed out the Hashmonoim and then proclaimed his own monarchy as if it was a continuation of the Hashmonoim, and his children are the ones walking around claiming that they are Hashmonoim, so this man is an Evid. Omalei, Rav Nachman said to him, it's not so simple, because you didn't tell us this rule before he said the word that he's the Hashmonoim. You only told us Hashmonoim equals Eved after the story was unfolding. Ain't Shomim Lo. I'm not sure that we have the right to believe you according to the protocol of accepting statements from previous generations. You're, you're saying it while you're in the heat of a, a discussion. Amalei, Sir Yehuda said, okay, Ha'ika Rav Masna, Tekoi Kavasi. Rav Masna, another student of Shmuel, heard the same thing from Shmuel, and you could verify it with him. Says the Gemara, Rav Masna lo shani. Rav Masna had not been in Nahardo for 13 years. He was not a person who frequented Nahardo. Hahu yoma osa. On that day, he showed up in Nahardo. Remarkable. Omalei, and Rav Yehuda said to him, <clears throat> Do you remember that famous incident when Shmuel was standing one foot on the ground and one foot on the conduit to take him across the water? 
Do you remember as he straddled at that moment, he issued a ruling. Do you remember the ruling? Amalei, Rav Masa said, sure. Hachi Omar Shmuel, I remember what Shmuel said when he was standing like that. Called the Omar Medeves Chashmanoi Malko Kaasina Avdahu. If a person claims he's from the house of the Chashmanoim, the kings, he's really an Evid because Herod wiped them out and continued the f- under the name Chashmanoim, but it's really Herod's family. Skipping two lines, at the beginning of the line, So based on the man's own testimony, that he was from the Chashmonoim, they agreed to announce that he's an Eved, and this is what Rav Yehuda intuitively knew, because of the, a different teaching of Shmuel, that if a person is posel, is bemuma posel, he, he says something negative about everybody else, he's really talking about himself. Hahu Yoma, on that day, the ramifications hit the town. Many marriage documents were ripped. It changes. It was a game changer about who married who because they realized there's a problem on this man's family. Kikanofik, when Rav Yehuda was leaving Nahardaa, all done with his din Torah that he was summoned for, Nafki Abasre Lemirgeme. People were following him to stone him. They were extremely angry with him. Omaluhu, he said to them, Ishasiku, Shasiku. If you keep quiet and accept what just happened, the ramifications, so enough already. Vi'ilo, and if you don't keep quiet, Migalina Alaychu, Shmuel, I'm going to tell you another statement from Shmuel. Tati Zaraisa, the two families in town, Ika ben Arda, one of them is legitimate, Urvasi, and one of them is a messed up family. One of them is Tomei, one of them is Tahar. So as soon as they heard that he has more to say, and he's restraining himself, they threw the rocks from their hands into the river instead of throwing them at him. And a blockade actually, a dam actually formed from the multitude of rocks on this river because they dropped them into the river. It was a significant number of people that were ganging up against Rav Yehuda because of what he revealed. Yashikoach, thank you for joining.